Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. I'm really excited to have on today's show, Jane Portman, who is the founder of uibreakfast.com and the author of the One Hour UI Audit, um, which is, she also has a course um, of the same name. So, and I might be confusing this, Jane, so you will have to correct me if, if I am wrong on this, but I do see the UI Audit, which is both which is a book, and you offer it in a couple couple different packages, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But primarily, it looks like it's focused on how to help bootstrappers and kind of SaaS founders, so anybody kind of developing a software company, how to help them improve their UI, which is user interface. It's how to basically make a website look better, and but it has more implications than just looking better. I think good UI, and I think Jane attests this, good UI makes the uh, experience better. So i um, really excited to have Jane on the call today. And uh, Jane, thank you so much for being here. Great pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and a bit of trivia, which is kind of fun. I just found out before this call. So Jane's from Russia, as you can tell from from the accent. And I studied abroad in Russia for about four months. And it turns out she lives uh, in the same city that I studied in, in Voronezh, which is a, it's a pretty small world, isn't it, Jane? Absolutely. And Voronezh is not a large city. It's not like Moscow, which we would, you know, you would guess would be the perfect coincidence, but it's yeah. a smaller one. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, it was fun talking a little bit about that before the call. But and, and we don't have to get into that today. Today, I want to focus on what you're doing with UI Breakfast and uh, and kind of how you got your start. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about before we dive into the book and the course and everything you're building. Tell us a little bit about how you got into um, user interface and, and design and stuff like that. Sure. So I've been doing all kinds of design work for about 10 years since I was 16. I started in high school and um, I grew up uh, from a small design position towards a creative director at a large agency. But then I had my first son and then I had my second son and all my priorities kind of shifted and I was really tired of managing people. And then I started out as a solo consultant in the you know international market. And that's been about three years from now um, that I really focused on building my authority. I wrote my first book uh, two years ago. I started doing some speaking gigs and, you know, writing more and uh, starting uh, focusing on products. Uh, that started with productized consulting. And uh, all over, all along the way, I've been helping out SaaS founders. Um, but Consulting, even if uh, productized consulting, it doesn't really scale too well because you only have that many hours you can spend on work. So this summer, I made a decision to shift to products entirely. And right now I'm working on my new book, which is called The UI Audit that you mentioned. Yep. And it's supposed to distill my experience, my knowledge into something that can help many founders at once. Awesome. So now, so before we jump into the book, um, how long were you doing this uh, this productized consulting for? And uh, and you mentioned that it was hard to scale uh, or hard to hard to grow. 
Um, just tell us a little bit more about that before we move on to the products. Mm-hmm. Productized consulting is just a super smart way of doing consulting because you basically have uh, just a few awesome recurring monthly clients. And that became like kind of trendy maybe a year or two ago. And I was one of the first one in the uh, our little uh, internet space uh, who adopted that. So my service, which was called Correlation, um, was featured widely in like productized consulting example listings and, and such. And that's been quite successful. It, it was a monthly creative direction for software companies. And I just had four awesome clients who came back to me every month and we did a little bit of design work for each of them. Very cool. Okay. And so the, it sounds like you were doing pretty well doing this. Um, what's, what's the goal then behind, uh, moving to, to products, um, for you right now, like as, as you're making the shift from productized consulting to, to books and courses and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, I think first, uh, it's just a general organic growth. So setting new goals and, uh, just moving on from one step to something higher level when you can really scale your effort and spending the same amount of time, help more people because there is ton of, uh, there is a lot of demand for design services, but really not a lot of good designers. So hopefully some good info products can really help uh, founders do without uh, like superb strategic consultants. At least they can hire a good designer and then using my books, uh, get the whole strategic idea. Gotcha. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your website. I really enjoy the design um, and I'm excited to actually get the UI audit book. But, uh, but tell me a little bit about what makes good UI. What makes a good user interface? And 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 is this applicable beyond software as a service companies? Mm. So the good UI is always simple. That's my favorite idea that I always advocate for. <laughs> and um, it should be deadly obvious to the user. So everything we're working towards is clarity. You should use the language that belongs to the user. You should try to make everything familiar so you use uh, traditional patterns and just not make everything complicated. As a founder, you can build software simple or as complicated as you wish. And if you build simple software, it's going to be much easier to build, use, uh, support, etc., etc. And so, I guess, on on that end, um, what are some, like, I guess, are there any... And it's tough. I know it's it's unique um, for each each person, depending on what they're developing. But are there certain kind of rules of thumb, so to speak, or certain um, techniques that are are almost always applicable? Like, for example, like I might be thinking in my head, I'm thinking I, I like websites with a lot of uh, white space um, that and that focus on like if it's content focused, where the content is is at the forefront. And so they use white white space. But is that always the case for everything? Or like, tell me, I'm just curious if there's certain takeaways people can get from this and say, yeah, that's, I'm going to implement that right now. Absolutely. So the ones you mentioned, they're like evergreen principles of any kind of design. And um, I just, in this spring, I just wrote, wrote another course for Envision, which is called Fundamental UI Design, and this covers these very principles. And um, for the UI audit, I focused more on the product uh, ownership side so that you can plan and focus on a very simple set of features. So we audit each screen based on that, like uh, more of a product angle. 
for example, good rule of thumb is try to keep uh, just one list of content per screen and not try to like overload things with content or try to make just one prominent task per screen or that each screen should have a headline, which is like clear and largely set in type. Such things, uh, they're pretty easy, but um, it's not always so in real life. <laughs> right. And so on your on your website, and not not that this is the the focal point of it, but like I do like the design. Um, how do you go about, say, choosing things like colors um, or fonts, which are kind of like the low hanging fruit, I think, of um, UI design for for a lot of um, you know obviously SaaS founders and stuff like that, but also just bloggers in particular. Um, mm-hmm. Color palette they choose and the fonts and stuff like that. I think those are kind of the first things you notice. So what are maybe are there any takeaways for somebody who's um, who has a website, uh, some things to consider about either color or font? Absolutely. So the big my big advice uh, for founders, uh, which grows from my experience and real life um, truth, which is not so optimistic at times, that you could really you should really uh, leave alone all the attempts to create the styles from scratch and instead use a, a style template. But you could use a designer to find the template for you and customize it. Because templates are really undervalued, uh, but they are very nicely concentrated pieces of design work produced by very expensive designers. Doing something from like that from scratch by yourself is impossible, and by another designer is going to be super expensive. So uh, the problem of style is very easily solved by a template. Interesting. Okay, great. And is that when you say template, are you talking even potentially just starting with some sort of, you know, say you're building on WordPress, which might not be your ideal, uh, you know, what you would recommend per se, but but a, a lot of people do work on WordPress. You know, is it is it something as simple as just starting with a theme? like a, you know, Absolutely. Something? So it can be bootstrap theme, a WordPress theme, something like that. Awesome. So now tell me a little bit about kind of getting into this transition into into the book. Um, and into the the course. So, by the way, for those who are listening, uh, Jane does have a free course. It's the one hour UI audit, which will be linked up in the show notes. And uh, it's a free course. So check it out. It'll walk you through how to kind of um, improve your user interface for your software or for your website, uh, for anything you're working on. And I think it extends beyond those two things too, because I think good UI, you know, I'm in kind of the book publishing space a little bit. And I think um, UI for books, so to speak. Uh, there's there's something to be said for cover design and how to lay out a book and so on and so forth. So I think the the implications uh, are far ranging, but definitely check that out. But now tell me a little bit about developing this book. So you've written a few, it looks like a few different books. You've released a few different products. Um, tell me about your process. Like how do you go about uh, creating these these products and how do you know what to create? Um, it's my process it's it's really been refined over the years so i wrote my first book without any real research of the audience and i wasn't really even sure who was i was targeting but this time i i took a very audience first approach so i was quite positive i'm gonna target SaaS founders Mm -hmm. as the audience which is pretty narrow by the way but it really allows your product to be crispy and focused so i uh, focused on the audience, and then I did a lot of research, which um, Amy Hoy calls sales safari. 
Mm-hmm. So you go out to places where your audience hangs out, like forums, support chats, places like that, and you just read what they say when they're frustrated. You look for their pain points. You search for specific phrases. So you build your value proposition based on that. And uh, what I found out during that research is that design is not actually mm, a very popular uh, topic for discussion. It's always on the back burner. So. Everyone declaratively likes uh, great design, but SaaS founders have to handle so many other things. Like they have to make sure everything runs smooth, the payments are handled, they have sales, marketing, everything else. And design is never a priority. So um, I just uh, understood that it's going to be a not very expensive product that would allow founders um, do some small affordable fixes to their product, not like a large-scale redesign made by an expensive consultant. Interesting. Yeah, very cool. So now you wrote a blog post about kind of the um, the background on the UI audit. And one of the things you brought up was was focusing on SaaS founders, which I think is, is great. I think anytime you can niche down is, is smart. And that seems like a a great audience. Um, well, you know, yeah, sure. It's it's smaller than, than other things that are out there. It's, it's more niche in, in some ways. But Obviously, those those people who are you know start you know bootstrapping or starting software as a service companies, they probably need this help and this advice and and, and need it in in some form that's um, within their budget, let's say. So so it makes perfect sense to me. But you also said that you had done you started a training course called Client Onboard that never saw the light of day, and I checked right. it, out. it looked, really, <laughs> looked really great. So I'm just curious why did you uh, why did you scrap that and why did you move on to the uh, um, the UI uh, audit? I just realized that I would like to serve people like my clients, not people like myself. Mm-hmm. So everyone out there actually has like a fork problem. They can either uh, teach people skills that they have as professionals, like pe- teach people the basics of consulting, teach people how to be smart at freelancing, or they can teach people like their clients their domain expertise. I think the second option has more potential, even though all of us have done fair share of, you know, consulting wisdom spread out. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And so this one, um, when you started developing this this product, um, did you do, like, how, I guess, how did you start? Had you already... How do you, you know, I guess that's the thing. A lot of people, I think, defer or or go to teaching um, people like themselves because, hey, you you know, you know yourself, you know yourself as a potential customer. You kind of know what you want and need. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. But now when you say, well, let's go focus on the the type of clients that I actually serve, focus on them. How do you reach them? Um, If they're, you know, if if, are they on your email list? How did you start to build that list? How do you start to get uh, awareness about your book uh, uh, in get this in the hands of your uh, target reader, target customer? That's a great question. Everybody should have this question in their head before they get started with any product, <laughs> seriously, because uh, you need to have some place online where you can reach them. In my case, I had already been really well involved in the founder community by participating in um, microconf uh, conferences in Vegas and in Europe for a few times, and I just had a lot of friends. So with the help of them, I had initial traction and uh, had a few signups for the one-hour course. So you need to have some good quality magnet. In this case, this is the one-hour UI audit 
course. And uh, you build the mailing list based on that. And uh, because of my previous design work, because of my previous, you know, speaking gigs and the course that we did with Envision, I had a pretty large email list who is not very qualified in general, but they're still quite a good overlap between the people I already have in my audience and the audience of SaaS founders. Yeah, so it's a very slow, organic process. And now it's been three years I've been doing this actively. I can say it's really fruitful, but it's not quick. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Okay, that makes sense. And then you also talk a little bit about, um, you know, a book versus a course. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Why, why, does, why create a book versus a course in this case? Sure. When we talk about info products, there is a whole range of, you know, price tags and the formats you can explore. You can go for a free or very cheap book and distribute it via Amazon, let's say. You can do a book which is self-published or you can do a course. And course implies a little bit more commitment. It implies a heftier price tag and it implies like it's it's always harder to make a, an expensive sell than sell something like a $40 book. So in this case with founders, I realized that no one is going to make a three months commitment and pay $400 for some kind of design education because that's not their priority. But they would easily pay something in the range of $40 to $100 to get their desired quick fix. So it was obvious I needed to do something like that rather than a bigger commitment course. Awesome. Even though for people who like to sell more, like it's a bigger, it's a better quality investment to do like a high touch course. But in this case, it was obviously better to do a quick fix. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Um, and then how did you, I guess when it came to pricing, because you mentioned that range, um, how did you settle on that? I feel like pricing is a really tricky thing often. Um, and it seems like you hit the nail on the head with this because it seems accessible, but I'm just curious what your thought process was and if you were able to, uh, to test anything out and how that worked out. Sure. Great question. Uh, from my experience, uh, anything in the range of, let's say, $29, $39, $49 is, accept- is acceptable for the ebook. And the urge is to charge less because you think it's going to be more affordable. But in fact, if people are really interested in your value proposition, it doesn't it's not going to matter whether it's $10 more or not, but you will make, let's say, 20% more money. And when you have a book, you often go to deal sites, you offer affiliate links, etc., etc. And everybody has a piece of your pie. If you start with $19, you're going to have nothing left. If you start with $49, like I have with my basic package, you're going to have something left even after all these uh, people have their share. So it's a no-brainer. Charge more. <laughs> I love it. And um, how's the response been to the book so far? Uh, the book is not live yet, but I've got a lot of pre-orders in, and I'm really looking forward to getting it live. Uh, yeah, and, I see that. It says pre-order. I just realized that. Right. <laughs> and um, we just launched the free course on Product Hunt today, and the feedback is really great. I'm looking forward to keeping up with that launch. Oh, awesome. I'll hop on there and, uh, and upvote. And uh, Thank you. <laughs> totally. That's cool. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I see this. I, I didn't realize that uh, that's that's what the discount is. So you're doing a pre-order discount, it looks like, right now. And that'll be, is that good until it goes live? Um, there will be a smaller discount when it's live. Mm, so the pre-order is the best deal you can get. 
Gotcha. Perfect. The book was supposed to be a quick win. Like, I, I really, really hope to get it out in like two months by September. But a lot of life happened and I'm still working on it in January. <laughs> yeah, I got it. That, it, that Trust me, I, I've run into that before as well. Um, and I think that's pretty common. What are your, I guess, going forward when this thing launches, um, what are your goals in terms of like um, moving forward? Uh, it sounds like you're going full time uh, or looking to do more full time like product sales and stuff like that. What do you envision for like the next year or two? That's right. So I think I'm going to focus on info products for a bit longer because I'm not so technical. My ideal long term goal is to become a SaaS founder or co founder. But I do realize that the technical burden is so big, I can't really afford it right now. Because it's a lot of uh, financial resources and a lot of stress for someone who doesn't develop things yourself. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I totally understand. Um, and then do you actually have, I'm curious, do you actually have a team? Or are you just operating by yourself? Do you have any VAs? Or how do you manage all this? Uh, I operate everything myself. And I take great joy about that. <laughs> wow. uh, I think a VA probably uh, could probably relieve the burden a little bit, but it's not so huge. I'm I'm really sensitive about taking things uh, on, and I I really love uh, kicking things off my plate. <laughs> and I really focus on the most important things and minimize other you know time senders. <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. Well. We're coming up to the end here of our conversation. I know I've, I've kept you for a bit. So I'm just curious, um, any last piece of advice for either software as a service founders or anyone starting anything online, um, pieces of advice for them, whether it's about UI or just about business in general? Yeah, I think it's about um, any kind of product, whether it's info product or SaaS business. So you need to focus on your audience a lot. So Starting audience first is absolutely the best way to do any kind of business and focus on one single pain or need of that audience and build something simple for someone particular. These kind of products, crystal clear, crispy and focused, they are the most successful always. They are easier to promote and easier to build and use. I love it. And I'll say this too, um, as far as the book's concerned, um, a couple things that come with it is, in, you know, it's not just... It's not just the book, but you also have a couple things, um, you know, in the, it looks like in the advanced package, you have interviews with, I think, some pretty remarkable people, Rob Walling and Derek Reimer of Drip, um, Tope uh, Awotona, I don't know if I'm saying that wrong, of Calendly, and <laughs> Nagpala Teachable, which used to be uh, Fedora, I believe. Um, yes, right. Yeah, Peldi of uh, Balsamic, Josh Pickford of Barometrics. So like all these people I've actually... Um, you know, paid attention to, read their stuff, definitely on Josh's uh, email list and a few others. So very cool. Um, I guess I'm curious, actually, before we would close up, how'd you get, uh, how'd you get in front of these people to, uh, to interview them, interview mm -hmm. them for your book? Yeah, we've already uh, had all these conversations. They are waiting to be edited. These people are from my little founder ecosphere mm. and ecosystem. They're a couple levels above myself, but it wasn't hard to reach out to them. We met at uh, MicroConf Europe and MicroConf Vegas a few times. So, uh, I and um, Anchor and Tope from Calendly and um, Teachable, I just reached out to them because I really love these pieces of software. And they were easy to address. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just switched over to Calendly and um, I have a bunch of friends using Teachable now and it looks great. That's awesome. Calendly's founder 
calendar, he researched 30 calendar apps before he um, made Calendly. That's why the UX is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my uh, big reason to switch, actually, was um, I, I really do appreciate good UI when it improves the, the user experience, you know, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the when things look good, too. Um, when, you know, of course, when I can afford it. Um, and uh, obviously, Calendly, it's not like it's that, that expensive to afford. And yeah, I, I, I've, I've used a few calendar apps, and I think that one's the best one I've used so far. So very cool. Um, so where can people get a hold of you, Jane, or reach you, check out your book? Um, we mentioned the the UI uh, course, which will be linked up in the show notes. But beyond that, uh, where else can people reach out to you? So my big domain is uibreakfast.com, and the Twitter is uibreakfast. Um, so it's all there. And um, the big book page is uh, uibreakfast.com slash audit. And once you get on my list, you're not going to miss anything. So join there. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'll be signing up right away. Very cool, Jane. I appreciate you uh, being on the show. Spasiba um, Bolshoi. Uh, oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thank you so much. And we'll make sure that we send people your way. So cheers. All right. Bye-bye. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you'd like to check out the show notes, just head over to tommorcus.com slash podcast, where you'll find the latest broadcast. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's the fastest, simplest, easiest way to support my creative work, and it would really mean a lot to me. As always, this is Tom Marcus, and if you're listening to this, you are the resistance.